As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every sport, Alan, has its own terminology that's unique to that sport. But tonight, I think, crossed a whole lot of boundaries. Because in any sport, what we saw tonight was a complete and thorough ass-kicking. Yep, the Capitals had it taken to them basically... The last 50 minutes of this hockey game, uh, they couldn't win a race. They couldn't make a pass. They were taking hits from every angle. They were falling all over. And it was the speed and the tenacity of the Canes tonight that overwhelmed the Capitals. And it, that's why it ended up 5 nothing. There's not one player that you can blame for all of this. I think collectively, they all have to be better next time out. Alex Ovechkin won the battle in a fight with Andrei Svechnikov, but the Hurricanes certainly won the war, and we've got a series. It's now 2-1, heading to Game 4 Thursday night. I'm Rob Carlin. The Capitals Talk podcast starts now. Hurricanes wasting no time. There's a fight fighting. Alex Ovechkin dropping the gloves. Him out and hurt him significantly in the process. He hit him with three right jabs right to the face. Svechnikov is a teenager, probably his only fight of his NHL career. And Alex Ovechkin had enough of him down in their zone. And this will be coincidental majors, I would think, five apiece, Alan. He's directly in front of me. He's wobbly still. He cannot get up right now. His hands are shaking from where I'm at. We talked in length in the pregame show. Me, you, Joe B, Locker, even talked about it with Brett Connolly before the game, with Nick Jensen at the intermission. They all knew the first 10 minutes was going to be an onslaught. This crowd that's been waiting 10 years for a playoff game in this building was going to be loud. It was louder than we all thought. It's as loud as I've ever heard any building anywhere. But they almost withstood it and got to just about the midway point of the first period, and then the first goal happened. And from that point forward, it just felt like it was never a game. I've played in games like this, and uh, I'm going to go back in time and talk about one of my games that I played in. And it was second playoff series, my first year in the playoffs with the Washington Capitals. And we beat the New Jersey Devils in six games. We went into New York, uh, just an an incredibly well position team stacked with great players all over the roster and I believe the score was six to one they scored early but the fans were filling the building a lot like today here in Raleigh and the fans filled the building in warm-up and it was so loud that you couldn't hear each other yelling into each other's ears side by side once the anthem singer started 
just prior to the game, it went up another level of decibels. And then once they scored their first goal, it was off to the races. We lost 6-1. to one. I've always maintained we should have lost 20 to 1. Our goalie was spinning like a top in the net, and our players, we were just felt slow and overwhelmed and couldn't do anything right. But it was one game in a playoff series that we won the next four games and took them out in five. You've got to take the building out to slow the Canes down. And the Capitals, once the Canes got on the board first, the Capitals could not slow down the Canes because their building was rocking. There's a lot of people on Twitter, as I tweeted out, that sometimes you just have to tip your cap. The other team, and as I tweeted, the other team and tonight the fans were just better. And there's a lot of backlash from fans. The fans don't win games. There's people on Twitter, Caps fans, that fans don't win games. They don't lose games. This was all on the Caps. I get that. What I'm saying is, is once that first thing happened, this building got so loud, and you could see the team feed off of that energy. By the third period, they were flying around, taking shots at the Caps. You could just tell that they were bigger, faster, and stronger because they were literally being driven around by the noise in this arena. You know, for the fans that uh, you know are all over every single Caps player and are hating on them right now, you know, it's no different than going out in the regular season and losing to a last place team. It's not like you're not trying to give your best, but sometimes you feed off your fans more nights than others. The Carolina Hurricanes play in front of an empty building or a half full building almost every night. We go back and look at the attendance levels of what the Caps faced in here. There's seven, 8,000 people at a game and all you see is red seats. You don't see red jerseys. Today, you heard it early. The team had to be pumped. I know myself as a player, you'd be more pumped up when your fans are in a building or even if you're on a team that plays in an empty building, you go on the road, you get to play in front of a full crowd. It's kind of awesome. It feels like a game. It feels like an NHL game. And the Canes, the young players, very young hockey team, and a lot of inexperience on it. Players that are just getting in their first playoff series. They had nine guys without a game, one player with one game in his playoff career. And these kids are ramped up and ready to go, and they fed off their crowd a great deal tonight. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to use the I played thing to the fans that didn't play. I'm telling you right now, it really does matter, especially when it has never happened before. These guys were superhuman tonight. And they overwhelmed the Caps. And, you know, it was an underwhelming performance by the Caps because they were overwhelmed. And I, and I give the credit to the Hurricanes for sticking to their game plan, making the bounces go their way, and never, ever letting up. And I believe I told you before the first game of the series, one of the things about the Hurricanes, they don't back off into a trap formation in your zone when you get possession of the puck. They continue to come. A lot of times you curl back and think you're going to buy yourself some time and get a breath and, and get a line change. They stay on you, and they create a turnover, and then they have a second guy come in, and it's kind of something the Capitals, not kind of, it's something the Caps have to get ready for in the very next game. They're going to have to be smarter at all times. Every single player is going to have to be more alert with the puck, and I think one of the things that will have to happen when we talk about breaking down the lineup, I think they're going to have to go back to all the right-handed defensemen playing on the right side and left-handed player defensemen playing on the left side because the way the forecheck, as fast as it was, You've got to get yourself out of trouble, and you've got to make sure that you don't have things happen to you like happened to Christian Juice on the very first goal against by the Canes. And I'm not saying that this was all the fans. The Caps were bad tonight, and the Canes were really good tonight. And it started in that first period. It was the turnover by Christian Juice. And then, as you said, guys were playing superhuman tonight. 
Warren Fogle, who's a good young player, 22 years old, earned his way onto this team. He has two goals tonight, one of them just getting to the front of the net on that first one and creating traffic and getting a weird bounce. And that's how often do we say that? It was Justin Falk just throws a puck on net, gets a weird bounce off Fogle, and it ends up going up and over Holtby and into the net. But they, they were, again, tip your cap. Just say that tonight in this game three of this opening round series, Carolina was better, plain and simple, all night long. They, absolutely they were. And they, they had a great night. The great, the great thing about a loss in the playoffs, and we had to go through this with the fans last year, and I remember how many fans that gave their season tickets up after the first two losses to the Columbus Blue Jackets, where the Caps outplayed and overwhelmed the, the Blue Jackets but got themselves in the penalty minute trouble and penalty trouble in the third period of each of those games and cost themselves. They righted the ship, they figured out what they were doing wrong, what they had to do better, and they came back and won that series basically four games straight. And you have to be able to reset, uh, get back. They know that they, they believe in what they do and that they can be better. And, and that's the big thing. And, and I look at a kid like Warren Fogle. He did not have a great season. He, he got to play in the NHL as a rookie, and he was minus. He was defes defensively, I think he was the worst player on their team this season when you look at the stat sheet. But at the same time, tonight, this kid got on the board. Walmark had a very nice game in game two. Svechnikov had a very great game one. So it's their young players that are powering them through right now, and they're just going, 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 and the Capitals are going to have to match that effort. They're going to have to match that intensity. And one thing that was the big difference between these two teams tonight was execution of the simple little plays and passing tape to tape, and that was huge for what the Hurricanes were able to do against the Capitals whether it was power play, whether it was penalty kill, whether it was five on five, they executed. The big moment in the game, at least the big takeaway moment, everyone's going to talk about the final result, but a big takeaway moment was the fight. Ovi and Andrei Svechnikov, who was so good in game one, very good in game two, and has been a really bright spot for this team early on, all season long. The kid's 19 years old, and he's being a factor in an NHL playoff game. Scary moment. The two of us, I was sitting right behind you as you were uh, inside the glass today, and we're down in that corner. And Ovi swinging right hand after right hand. I, I literally, I thought, I know it's Ovi. But am I just not seeing this right? Is that Tom Wilson? Because he, I mean, he snapped. He lost it. The kid, they were each chopping away at each other. They both signed on for it. They knew what they were getting into. And Ovi. One solid connection knocked the kid out cold. I hope he's okay for the kid's sake, for the Kane's sake. But that was a moment where I thought, well, the Caps are going to feed off of this energy. And the exact opposite happened. No, they, they, had, they went the rest of the period. But once they gave up the first goal, it, it was kind of lights out. They, they never got back in this game. They should have slowed it down as much as they could. Uh, I think the momentum there, rather than going at it and going hell-bent for leather, and trying to kill everyone on the Hurricanes and crush them is to, to take the crowd out of the game, to play the game slower, to pass around the horn, get pucks in deep, back off, five-man stack at the blue line, flip out, and bore this place to death. We saw them do that in Columbus last year, uh, and they did it so effectively. We saw them do it in Pittsburgh effectively. We saw them do it in Tampa Bay. And those are the things that they've got to get back to. So... Uh, 
you know, Ovi, you definitely don't want him fighting, and I'm sure they don't want Svechnikov fighting. It's a guy that had a 20-goal season for him who was their leading goal scorer coming into tonight's game. Ovechkin is the Caps' all-time leading everything when it comes to goals. He's got three points in the first two games. You don't want to lose him for five. So when you talk about trades, Ovi's more valuable at this point to the Capitals than Svechnikov is to the Canes, being a rookie that was on the third line majority of the season. Uh, they got in a fight. One guy lost, and the guy who won, his team lost decisively as well. And as you'd imagine, after the game, there were differing points of view, and really not so much from the Caps, as we're about to hear from Ovi. I mean, it's not something he's done. This is his third fight in well over 1,000 games, his first since 2010 against Brandon Dubinsky in the lead-up to that Winter Classic that we all saw in 24-7. Uh, before that, I think it was Mike Richards was a fight before that, but it's his third fight. Ovi just feels bad because here's a kid that he hurt. Rod Brindamore, on the other hand, saw this fight completely different than I think anyone inside this building or around hockey. Here's Rod Brindamore defending his kid and his view of how that fight started. Stretch means a lot to us. Young kid, I mean, just turned 19. You know, so he has a special bond, I think, with our group and me too. Um, so when you see that, it, it makes you sick. I'm still sick to my stomach about it. You know, how do you comment on it? I just, it's a little bit tough because, you know, I just heard Ovi talk about it. He said our guy challenged him. So if, he, if that's the case, it's a little different. But, you know, if you watch the video, because I, I got to watch it, you know, he slashes him twice, Ovi, whack, whack, and then Smash gets him back. And then, you know, I don't know if there's words exchanged, but one guy's gloves comes off way first. And that's Obi. It's not our guy. So it's a little bit frustrating because, he's, you know, he got hurt. And, uh, you know, it's his first fight. He's played 90 games. He never fought in his life. And I'm pretty sure Obi knew that. So that stuff bothers me because that's – but it's done. So I just am proud of our group, you know, to come back and just play the game. And, you know, I think our fans helped. We were down another guy. So – I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but we, we just played hard, so it's a good win. Alan, we'll get your reaction to that in a second. First, here's Alex Ovechkin really being more concerned about Svechnikov than anything else. First of all, I hope he's okay. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, I'm not a big fighter, and he's, uh, he's saying that it's... Uh, he asked me to fight, and I said, let's go, yeah. So I uh, hope he's okay, and um, you don't see a guy get hurt or something, so... And, uh, and you just go a uh, different way, you know. Um, we get uh, maybe a little bit frustrating and uh, a little bit uh, uh, too confident. And um, again, um, we just have to forget about it and uh, move forward. I understand why Ovi would be concerned. It's not something he is known for or wants to be known for. But Brindamore, look, he was a guy who played the game on the edge. He was not afraid to stick his nose in and scrap when the you know time called for it. That was obviously your game. It looked to me like it was two guys who looked each other in the face and said, if you want to go, let's go, and they both dropped the gloves. I don't understand how he saw it otherwise. Well, I think he's wearing his heart on his sleeve right now. And as a father figure, as a guy that's you know older than all of his players, he's thinking about the youngest guy on his team that, that got knocked out in a fight. <laughs> and it's something that, as a coach, you definitely don't want to see. And to me, it was a little bit of, or a lot of whining about Ovechkin in this uh, tussle. You know what? Ovechkin is the best goal scorer in hockey. He shouldn't be fighting. You don't want him to fight. You know, the fight's what it was. Big deal. 
Two guys dropped their gloves, one guy lost. Dude, Back in my dude. era, no one ever apologized for a fight. And uh, that's kind of the stock thing that Ovi did. That now you say, oh, I hope he's all right. Every hit from behind, every big-time hit in the middle of the ice, players are saying, well, I hope he's okay. Well, I never sent a text. I never said a thank you. I never sent a letter. I never had anyone visit me when they hurt me. So, you know what? It happened. Uh, Svechnikov will play hockey again. Ovechkin will play next game. And, you know, regardless of what Brindamore said, the refereeing was horrible. That fight was a five-on-five. But I, I just would, if he had the refing that the Caps had to face tonight, you'd have bet that Brindamore would have went off his rocker in that post-game presser uh, rather than go off on a Svechnikov. But I, I was appalled with the refereeing, mostly by Dan O'Halloran in this one, for the hit from behind on Matt Niskanen, 15 feet away, right in front of him. That was right there, at the end of the period. No excuse whatsoever. And we've seen this guy do things like this against the Capitals before. I can go back to the Toronto series a few years ago, and Nazem Kadri's over a Washington Capitol, cross-checking him four times, and then he skates down the ice talking to him like they're best friends. Then we see Tom Wilson's stick get chopped in half at the end of the game right in front of him, and it's the same thing. And the players, you know, you're, you're getting overwhelmed on the ice, and then you have to deal with refereeing like that. It's hard to keep your composure uh, as far as not, not going off your rocker and, and doing something that could cost you a game. So I give the Caps credit for that, but they've got to make sure – uh, that they're playing the game, stay on the ice, keep Ovi on the ice. Uh, they're going to have to mix lines up. They're going to have to, I think, change the roster somewhat to be ready for next game. But as far as the, the uh, Nieder, uh, Brindamore thing going, uh, I, I couldn't disagree more with him on every single facet of what he said. So it was interesting. After game two, we had Matt Niskanen join us live on TV on Post Game Live, and Joe B. asked him, because Carolina is not known as a physical team. That's not their DNA. It's not what they're known for. They're known as a skilled team, a fast team. Um, but he said, has it surprised you a little bit how physical they've been? And that was after game two. And Nisman was like, yeah, you know, they have been more physical. It has kind of, you know, taken us by surprise a little bit. But, you know, nothing we weren't really expecting. We, we know it, what happens in a playoff time. And you said, now we have a series because there's been a fight. It's starting to get angry. Guys are starting to not like each other. But do you think the Caps have been a little bit surprised tonight? They were overwhelmed by everything. But do you think they are a little surprised with how physical Carolina has been basically consistently since they dropped the puck in game one? And they haven't really relented. Well, you have to change things up. And don't forget, these two teams were just two wins apart during the regular season. And the Hurricanes were the second wild card team. At one point, they were up in the top three, and they were second. Uh, they're still a good hockey team. We cautioned about this coming into this series, that they play a unique style, that they found their mojo later, later on in the season. Not later on in the season, but not at the start of the season, certainly. But they got things going, and they had a style that was overwhelming teams and surprising them. So the Capitals shouldn't be surprised by it. But what they are doing, they're at a little more physicality. But we know that every team steps up in certain areas in their games. Players skate faster. They hit harder. They block more shots. They do things that they wouldn't do during the regular season. And you can't play the game that way for the 82-game regular. In the playoffs, you're hell-bent to, to win four games in a series. You're doing everything you can because you want to have the exhilaration of hoisting the cup. You want to have that feeling of sliding the Stanley Cup ring on your finger. And that propels players to do things that they normally don't do. 
And right now, everyone listens to the coach. Everyone gives every minute of every day towards the thought process of what can I do to help my team win games. So, you know, there may be a little surprise at the, the toughness on the boards and, and the attention to detail from the Hurricanes. But don't forget, it was hard for the Caps to win every one of those games in the regular season. They had to crawl out of the ditch three times. The last one was basically a back-to-back game, so they crawled out of the ditch two games before, or the game before in the first period. And the Canes now, they wanted to come home. They took the Caps to overtime. Uh, The Caps are certainly taking them serious, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are going to be angry and upset and know that they have to play better coming into Thursday. And once again, it's going to be about execution of the fundamentals of the game. You know, you say now we have a series. Sometimes it takes a loss to understand. Look, they didn't play a great 60-minute game in game one, but one. They didn't play a great 60-minute game in game two, but one. Sometimes you need some sort of a wake-up call. I don't know if you would draw it up a 5 nothing drubbing on the road, but sometimes you need something like that to just sort of remind you that there's a lot at stake at this time of year. Actually, yes, I'm with you 100%. But the big thing is one of the things that I think when I was talking about, you know, wasn't the Caps bad power play last game? It was what the Canes did, what, what the wrinkle they had to do in, in their penalty kill coverage. And I look at everything that's gone in the series. There's two teams playing on the ice, and every team in the National Hockey League can win. Every team can lose. The 16 teams that are in the playoffs do it better than the 15 that didn't make it. And... It's hard to have a full 60-minute game. It's not like there were letdowns in the games. They've been a chess match. Today was a little more of a checkers game for the Canes, but the first two were chess matches, and the the Capitals figured them out early in the game. Then the counterpunch of the Hurricanes was there, and then the Caps played a little bit too defensive, and you know they found a way to grind away the Canes did to get back into those games. And they gain a little bit of confidence from that, especially the younger guys have really developed their confidence moving forward. But at, at the same time, it's going to be a back and forth at all times. We saw last year the Capitals come from behind in games all the time. We saw them you know, lose games, come from behind in series and win games. So adversity is no stranger to what's going on. And you have to expect both teams to be playing their best and both teams that have control of the games. The games are about momentum. Don't give it up when you have it. You try not to. And when you do give it up, you've got to find a way to keep the score tight so that you're not overwhelmed and looking at a board like tonight where it said 5 nothing when it was all said and done. We saw a bunch of Wizards come to these games. Bradley Beal was at game two. So was John Wall, a former Wizard who used to show the Caps a ton of love, always wearing a Caps jersey. Mike Scott now plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Check out the Wizards Talk podcast. Chris Miller catches up with Mike Scott. He's in the playoffs against the Nets, Philly, and the Nets in that one. So check out the Wizards Talk podcast and the NBC Sports Washington family of podcasts. You can check that out, download, and subscribe as well. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. So there are adjustments that need to be made now for the caps. 
The power play, once again, was fairly ineffective. Uh, PK allowed two power play goals. How much is flushing what happened in this one because it was such a blowout and really every sort of statistical category, hits, shots on goal, power play, penalty, everything was tilted Carolina's way. And, and how much can you change other than just be better? There, there are a lot of systematic changes that you can do. You can see everything that they were doing right tonight and things that you were doing wrong. Uh, the Caps were overskating pucks and not stopping on them. Uh, the passes, pausing and letting a player get a stick in the way of the player that you're passing to. So there are all types of little things that are a fraction of a second, a second, two seconds, where you hang onto the puck a little longer sometimes, where you shoot the puck quicker. I think they're going to have to go for a, a greater volume of shot rather than what they did the first two games. It was very methodical in how, how they were scoring their goals. And the shot clock has to be favored more in the caps. The attempt total overall has to... How do you get to, one shot on goal in the second period? Yeah, that's it. Nine shot attempts total to 25. And they, they've got to fix that. And that's something... And I felt at times in the second period, players coming down right in front of me, and they were waiting to make that pass to bring someone over to them. But the Hurricanes were not biting on the Caps' lateral passes. So, you know what? What that tells you is that when you get it, they're staying in the middle trying to take the pass away. Just take the shot. You know, bump and grind in front like Lars Eller got that game three overtime goal last year. You're going to have to create some ugly. Right now, all the goals have been pretty. There's been no ugly for the Caps. Make this a dirty series on scoring your goals. Don't be so methodical with thinking about the east-west lateral pass. You've got to start getting volumes. Uh, tonight was a perfect example of the Caps waiting, 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 taking their own lanes away, then taking their passing lane away after they took their own shot lane away. So now it's hurry pucks towards the front of the net and see what the Canes defensemen can do in front of the net against the Capitals' bigger forwards as they're rushing in to find rebounds and create all types of traffic and chaos. A couple of quick notes around the NHL playoffs before we get out of here. Let's start with Toronto beating the Boston Bruins in Game 3. Mitch Marner apparently blocking a couple of late shots and then getting mobbed by his teammates. Toronto without Nazem Kadri, who is stupid and deserves to be suspended for the rest of the first round, if not longer, for that ridiculous play. Uh, but Toronto, I, I said... Last year they went seven, and this Toronto team is better this year. Um, uh, Toronto taking a 2-1 series lead in Boston is a pretty big, pretty big statement for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and it had to be obviously done with a lot of discipline. Nazem Kadri with the, the most undisciplined of cross-checks to the face of DeBrusque the other night. And I think just having that and having players on, in the game that are playing the game the right way, playing with discipline, composure, you know, battling hard and not letting this opportunity escape them. They did a great job in this one, and they're going to have to find a way to continue to play the game with discipline, listen to their coaching staff, move that puck, and take it to the Bruins. Other note is probably the most fun note of the night. Cal, Cal McCarr comes into his first NHL game, literally played in the Frozen Four over the weekend, shows up in Colorado, Calgary kid playing against the team he grew up loving in the Calgary Flames. There's now been one NHL defenseman who entered the league in the playoffs and scored a goal in his very first game, and he's it. What a great story. And his family was in the stands to see it. He got there just before the game, about an hour and a half before the game, suitcases and everything into the arena. 
And you look at what he was able to do and the way he scored that goal. It was a highlight reel type of goal in a playoff game. The crowd had to be going absolutely crazy and nuts. And he bumped a pretty good player out of the lineup to score his first goal tonight. So it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do with the Avalanche the rest of the way here. Tons of great reviews coming in and appreciate every one of them on the podcast page. Blondie 7 Early, the best place to hear about the Washington Capitals. Love Rob Curlin and Alan May. Worms are 03. Capitals Talk is the best Caps podcast. Love Alan May's straight talk, game analysis, and strategy explanation. Props to Rob Carlin for orchestrating with enthusiasm and the rotation of reporters. Appreciate the quick turnaround after each game and the bonus episodes. The example of the one of the emergency backup goalie against Winnipeg. Keep it up, gentlemen. And then finally, Andy in Atlanta. Been a Caps fan my entire life. I discovered this podcast in the Stanley Cup run, and I am hooked. I love the analysis, both pregame and postgame. I understand the game and the strategy so much better. Love my Caps and loving hockey more every day. Thanks, guys. Thanks to you, Andy and Wormser and Blondie. We appreciate all the kind words. Please tell your friends to download, subscribe, write a review, and leave a five-star rating as we continue to build on the momentum we have right now as the Caps are making another run in the playoffs. Keep building the brand of the Capitals Talk podcast. Get the numbers up. That only helps everything we try and do as we support your Stanley Cup champs. So we'll be back with a pregame. We remember during the playoffs now as we have really all season long, We've got our game day live, so that'll be Thursday. We're live on Facebook Live as well as the My Teams app. That's at noon to 1230, and then that will be released because we are multi-platform at NBC Sports Washington. That'll be released as a pregame podcast on Thursday, and then we'll be back with our postgame podcast immediately afterwards as we have all season long. So Caps lead 2-1. to one. Game 4 is Thursday night before heading back to Capital One Arena for Game 5 on Saturday. For Alan, I'm Rob. We'll talk to you after Game 4. Carlson now will jump in with his team trailing by three on enemy ice in Game 3. There's a penalty call to come. Yep, and it's going against Carolina. Oshie taken down at the side of the net. And the referee right there to call the penalty. Oshie trying to get net front position. Took a big-time kabong. Oshie's up and okay. Caps will go to back-to-back -back power plays here.